Hey there. Hi. This is terrible. No! <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you pause then? Because I paused the first time we did it. <laughs> but that was such an awkward pause. <laughs> Fuck you, it was conversational. the podcast where we talk about the things that we love to hate and the things that we hate that we love yeah let's just get into it Rachel what's your first thing I want to talk about something that is uh near and dear to my heart in a terrible way and that is uh unmuffled engines ah yes I think I think they're the worst I don't think that listen I, I was doing a little reading because I was like, okay, maybe there's a point to unmuffled engines that I'm missing. I think um, the point is sound loud. Correct. Like, <laughs> there, like there's some like, there's some like garbo, like carboy stuff on the internet that's like, oh, you get like a slight performance boost. And it's like, oh yeah, you can really hear like when you need a shift, it's great for driving manual. And I'm like, mm, cool performance boost you're getting on the way to Safeway. <laughs> like that's where you really need to go fast. Um, it just drives me up a wall. I don't get it. We uh, here around, around these parts, uh, every time we hear an unmuffled engine, we call those big dick ricks. Um, <laughs> because uh, there was one time in, there was one time a, I had a, a friend, long schlong Richard, <laughs> a long schlong Richard. Uh, in college, I had a friend who uh, used to every time an unmuffled engine drove by, used to go uh, like, "Wow, you have an enormous penis!" And it was just like a joke for the people in the car, and like we always laughed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then like one time. I was in the car and an unmuffled engine drove past me and I screamed. I was like, you must have an enormous penis. And then then the light in front of me turned red and I got stopped next to them at the stoplight and my windows had been open the whole time. (laughs) Were you by yourself? (laughs) That's even more awkward because it's like, who else were you yelling it to besides them? It was just for me. It was just for my benefit. Uh, and then and I like, I don't know if they looked at me. I've never looked so stalwartly forward in my life. <laughs> like I have places to be. <laughs> don't look at me. I am the busiest woman alive. I'm so busy. I I, I didn't even notice your and your super loud engine. And like I I, I feel know. like that's actually the biggest insult is if you like I feel like you <laughs> saying like, hey, big dick Johnson or whatever is like more of a compliment to them than just not even noticing their huge loud engine that they clearly want you to notice I mean like maybe the and you're I think you're probably right on that but the problem is why else would you do it we we all have we all as a society would then have to agree that none of us were going to even acknowledge it and then I think also the problem is, is that I am going to jump every time I hear one. And so I have acknowledged it inadvertently. So I might as well cover my own ass by being like, you have an enormous penis. <laughs> my, my favorite thing about those uh, loud cars is that like, you, you hear them and you expect it to be going so fast. You expect <laughs> the biggest 
fastest vehicle to like be driving by you. And then you look and it's just like a 97 lowered Honda Civic and it's going like 12 miles an hour. And And they've got like an empty child seat in the back and you're just like, (laughs) like, oh, okay yeah on your way to yoga like right I was expecting a rocket ship but instead it's just like this old car have you ever driven an unmuffled engine or a vehicle with an unmuffled engine I guess yeah I haven't either I wonder I wonder if it does feel cathartic like screaming on a roller coaster or something and maybe that's (laughs) it (laughs) all of the fear of driving finally vocalized (laughs) don't have to scream anymore my car doesn't my, <laughs> my car is expressing the anguish that I feel <laughs> Kata, do you fear. think do you think that our podcast is the unmuffled engine of podcasts <laughs> you think about it yeah probably uh, we, we're gonna have too many taglines if you could make an engine sound like something else yes like what would you want your what's your dream soul scream of the of your engine my dream soul scream of the engine yeah i i think an actual human scream would be great (laughs) (laughs) you pull up to a stoplight and then you pull away but I, I need it to get more and less intense depending on how fast I'm going. So like when I slow down at a stoplight, it's like, ah, <laughs> I think that'd be good. What about Caden? What's your soul engine do? I was going to just say that it's the Seinfeld theme, but that's not really. Just like on continuous loop, but if you rev it, it kind of plays over itself. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but now, now I'm second guessing that option because I guess I like, there's nothing stopping me from just blasting the Seinfeld theme from my speakers in my car, which would achieve a similar sort of effect no I don't think it would be the same because I think that playing it in your car you can tell it's like an internal thing that's happening only really for the benefit of the driver whereas like if it comes out of the engine like everybody knows (laughs) and like it it would it would increase and decrease in volume based on speed (laughs) obviously that's like a go that has to happen otherwise what's the point (laughs) if you have the Seinfeld theme engine like you don't it negates cat calling you don't need to anymore (laughs) the women will flock to you because everyone's like yo is that that Jerry Seinfeld Seinfeld? (laughs) you just pull up to a stoplight and everybody's like oh (laughs) the key is you have to have a really good Jerry Seinfeld impression in order for it to work so I guess the question is do you have a very good well, Hey, <laughs> it's me, Jerry Sign. No, I, I don't. Apparently, I don't. <laughs> I can't breathe. What's the deal with that? <laughs> Is that supposed to be Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I think I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The only other option, I think, for my unmuffled engine that I would really like um, is there uh, in the first, uh, in the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone PC game that came out in, like, the year 2000. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Every sound that Harry makes in game when he, like, encounters an obstacle that he has to climb or, like, falls and dies. Like, when he when he has to climb an obstacle, he always goes, <laughs> and then... <laughs> 
when he when he falls into a pit and you die and have to start over, he goes, "Whoa!" And I think that both of those. You just would made also the Mario sound. The Mario makes. No, Mario's calls, way but... more up in your nose. Harry is a little more dental. <laughs> Um, but so I think also those would be good sounds. Um, but it would also, I think, have to be incorporated into other parts of the car. It couldn't just be the engine. Like I would also want my turn signal to make sounds <laughs> and my brake to make sounds and an orchestra video game noises. Oh God, that would be, that would be so good. Um, <laughs> what if you could make your unmuffled engine do the sound that Yoshi does, but just like, <laughs> 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 oh god i can't even do that noise but i know what you're talking about yeah they're like the <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. oh that would be oh that would be so good be really good i was also while you while you were saying that uh when you brought up the harry potter noises i was thinking of like just anime grunts like you're just accelerating <laughs> just like, oh <laughs> oh, oh, huh? <laughs> but they just get increasingly faster so yes. that when you're going 50 it's just huh, uh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and it like plays them on a loop so there's never two of the same in a row <laughs> right <laughs> oh god yeah that's very good everything we've said is worse than just the sound of an engine i disagree completely i think if i heard a, a car rip by my apartment that would like, huh, 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 <laughs> like i would be thrilled <laughs> that would be wonderful we would never talk about it on this podcast <laughs> aiden what's your first thing my first thing is I want to play, I want to play a game. Do you want to <gasps> play a game? I want to play a game so bad. Yes. Yeah. So the game here is I'm going to read you the introduction to a recipe and you're going to tell me what the recipe is for. Oh God. Okay. Okay. So, and I, I want to, I want to point out this one is less of a crime than some of the others. Okay. So the intro to this recipe Last Wednesday, I drove straight from hot yoga, sweaty and all, to girls' night. My girls love me, so they don't complain. Lately, girls' night has been turned from dinner together to a more casual snacks and wine after the kids go to bed affair. All of that was hyphenated, which is just as much fun anyway. Margaret poured us each a drink, and we sat down around her dining table, which she had decked out with an impressive assortment of appetizers, hummus, crackers, chocolate-covered almonds, and a cheese plate were in attendance, and my offering of candied nuts fit right in. It goes on... <laughs> but what do, you think, say? what do you think this is a recipe for? First off, I do want to acknowledge that you just said candid nuts, which I think is I way know. funnier. Than I said candy. Can- I said li- a play it back. You said candid. I- <laughs> My offering of candid. No, all right. Bartholomus, play the clip. <laughs> Bartholomus is our editor. Um, <laughs> uh, candid nuts, I think, is funnier than candied nuts because it's just like these nuts have no presumptions. <laughs> they they like much like the author of this piece, they come as they are. Yeah, can- candid nuts are straight shooters, and I oh, love that about them. I am what not is this a recipe for? Wait, I'm sorry, I left out a very important part of this that will give you a good clue. Um, about what this recipe will be. <laughs> Just kidding. We celebrated good news together and I showed Tessa how to use the puppy dog Snapchat filter. Hayden, <laughs> I, I don't believe that you didn't write this. <laughs> <as> like, 
a parody of of recipe blog no this is literally a recipe blog <laughs> well is it a so it's not a recipe for candid nuts it's not a recipe for <laughs> candid nuts no but that was her offering that was her offering <laughs> that's not what this is for um okay so girls night it's gone from a meal night to more of a wine and apps type night uh, margaret and tessa are there as is a cheese plate and some hummus I, I will tell you this no amount of problem solving could help you crack this case. no 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 i've got i just gotta get into my inner white suburban mom <laughs> i know i can i know i can find her you you can't there, she's left no clues her name is Sharice she's inside <laughs> of my mind Sharice <laughs> uh no um it's ah oh god I have no idea it's gotta be like it's gotta be something like a simple L. it's like a chocolate covered pretzel but like the chocolate is made from some sort of chocolate substitute or something. What is it? I'm dying inside. That's a, that's a great guess. And you're just so wrong because it's for, <laughs> it's for veggie black bean enchiladas. <laughs> but it's not, what? <laughs> it's not a meal night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she, so let me get this straight. The girls are all doing wine and apps. And then Sharice is like I brought enchiladas but she didn't though none of that story is related to the enchiladas what how does it where does it become she ties it in because she says that she fell in love with food again at girls night oh that's nice I'm glad for her she wanted something I know like like I don't want to dunk on this too much that's that's nice of her yeah, yeah, but like but okay. the, the enchiladas aren't related, which is my main <laughs> problem with this, is that uh, like it's completely un like I don't I actually because like my original thing was I was gonna dunk on food blogs and I, I like when I was looking at it, I was like, actually no, like I feel like a lot of times what they write is like relevant um to the recipe or they give like totally. background on it. And totally. I, actually, I don't mind that. I don't always read it. I no, I, it, I almost I, I always don't... skip it, but like, it's not like I begrudge them the opera. Like, no. and also, for if someone's if someone's looking, if you're looking to peruse different versions of the same dish, it can be really cool to read somebody's like, "This was my grandmother's recipe. I have tweaked it over the years." La la. Here's how. Like that kind of stuff is really great. Yeah, but for sure. this does read like a like I I am I don't. I don't believe this isn't from like a sitcom. I know. <laughs> That's no, incredible. I've made the recipe. It's very good. Is it um, good? Yeah, it, it, nice. it was very good. Um, so I, I have another one here yes, for you. Yes, and, yes. And this one, this one is more bonkers even. Uh, th this one goes a little something like, I have the distinct feeling my MacBook Pro is going to die soon. Oh my God, you're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, there are so many layers to that as the first sentence the of a recipe sentence. blog. There's so many layers. It's not all about food. Oh yeah. my god. It's a banger of an intro and it keeps going. I purchased it in September 2008, so I know it's old, but everything works perfectly fine, except for the battery, which died after two years and that was about it. However, Two months ago, I started getting tons of freezing. It happens sporadically, and it doesn't seem to be a direct result of me doing anything in particular. This goes on. He continues, he continues to list various problems and issues with the MacBook uh, until we get to this sentence. I took it to the Apple store 
where one of their quote unquote geniuses looked at it, looked at it like it was some sort of dinosaur bone and said, man, this MacBook is old. I haven't seen one of those in years. You should get a new one. He was so annoying. I took off with my parentheses old fart end parentheses MacBook got home and did what any man does in such a situation cooking no no (laughs) I love he has to like rage barbecue (laughs) you didn't let me get to the best part of this did what any man does in such a situation cooking nah just kidding I went for a run first and then I started cooking. Oh, that's God. how I roll. Oh, that is worse. That is <laughs> objectively so worse. worse. First off, love what a bitter baby this person is. And like you said it yourself. Like, was this written in 2021? No, no, no. To in all fairness, this was written in like 2015. But um, still, like, I mean, like a seven-year-old computer at that, it's still like it's not, I don't know, should the genius have said it? God, I don't. The bottom line is, I don't care. The bottom line, Rachel, is what is this a recipe for? Oh, my God. Well, Jess went for a run. It's got to be like some sort of green juice. <laughs> like, a, like It's like a lean protein. We're talking salmon on a bed of arugula. We're talking yeah. halved grape tomatoes and a balsamic glaze. We're talking like... Yeah. We're talking pureed cauliflower that he says are just like mashed potatoes, and we know he's wrong. <laughs> uh, you, you're you're getting closer, um, but th- this one is eggplant rollatini. Okay, okay, that's I, I see where I see how we got there. I don't yeah. actually. That's a lie. I don't see how <laughs> I don't we got see there. How we got there. <laughs> Why the... did you spend two hundred words talking about your MacBook? Like, I, just because he's so bitter, he's <laughs> and this is his only outlet for that bitterness. Is he's got to just in case the the Apple quote unquote genius has to look up a recipe for eggplant rollatini, and then he looks it up and he's like, oh my god. Yeah. So this this same guy has has another one and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's not it's not worth it's just yeah it's not worth reading but I'm going to read to you uh this sent this just like one part of it just to let you know how far off track of describing a recipe we've gotten so (laughs) here's the quote what I know about PMS can be summed up as follows There are a few days every single month where GF becomes kind of the Hulk and that she gets really angry and hates all of her clothes. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of badass. Like she has a superpower or something. Oh my God. There are just so, there are so many terrible things. (laughs) Wow. This is one of those times where it's like, hey, hey, maybe close your mouth. (laughs) Maybe put, maybe, maybe put the recipe you just ate in your mouth. Don't talk. I can't can you imagine being that dude's girlfriend <laughs> and like oh. going to read his latest recipe and being like hey did you call me the fucking Hulk on the internet? <laughs> okay, also the did you call PMS a superpower you absolute <laughs> dog wow I don't even know yeah, where to the, go hey, with that. hey Rachel what's this a recipe for oh my god it's gotta be for some sort of like 
girlfriend tonic. We're talking like something baked, something chocolatey. It's got to be like a lava cake or something <laughs> along those lines, right? You're you're actually you're you're pretty close. You, you went the sweet rather than the savory, uh, but you were right about baked. This is roasted eggplant and tomato gratin. Boy, this motherfucker loves an eggplant. <laughs> He's this boy, this boy do love an eggplant for sure. <laughs> also, is it gratin or gratin? I have no idea. I've embarrassed myself on the podcast once again by Ooh, mispronouncing everybody the word, email us at the yeah. at gmail.com and tell us whether Caden pronounced it yeah. wrong or not. <laughs> yeah, everyone drop your comments on how to pronounce that word. <laughs> um, yeah, was that a fun game? Oh, that um, was a great game. I would play this game a thousand more times. That's such a fun game, Caden. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, what's what's your next thing? Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, something that something that when I when I started thinking about this topic and then I and then I started researching it, I now have a completely different view of this topic than when I started. Um, So I have always thought it is terrible that we talk to babies like they're dogs. <laughs> I've, I've always, it's not even like, it's like an, like, oh, I'm embarrassed to do that. That's not it. It's like, I've always been like, that seems kind of patronizing. Okay. Like it doesn't seem yes. like a nice thing to do. Um, I, I, so I'm, <laughs> I have like, I have that same viewpoint and maybe it'll change after hearing your thing, but I do the thing where I don't adjust. I talk to children like they're like full grown adults. I also <laughs> like, do that. I like, also do that. But I found that like, especially like, cause I've helped out in my mom's kindergarten classroom. And when I talk to them like adults, half of it, like, I, I just like, I use sarcasm. I use irony. They don't know what's going on, but they don't mind. Yeah. Like, and I think there's fine. a, there's a big difference between talking to babies using adjusted talk and talking to like kids using adjusted talk but uh so I've always been kind of concerned that baby talk was patronizing and um but it turns out there's a there's a point um so first off there there's a point there's a point to baby talk in the fact that like Exact. There have been a bunch of different studies. I was reading a, a couple last night. Um, mm. A bunch of different studies about. We call it IDS, um, which stands for infant directed speech. Um, okay. The and it's the general kind of linguistic change that adults do when they talk to babies. We're talking higher pitch, um, more frontal timbre, um, exaggerated vowels, um, and. When we do this, when we talk to babies, um, it, it helps babies start to understand the differences between sounds. Like babies don't know words, um, mm-hmm. but it, because like they have to, it, I, never have I known this more also than, than having a nephew now is like babies start out with, with stuff that we don't know, but like they don't know what their arm is. And so like that they'll have to, they have to figure out the differences between sounds. Um, yeah. And so like that baby talk, that, that higher pitch, that exaggerated, those long vowels. And like when we, like, no one says mama to a baby, they say mama. Cause like the baby needs to learn those sounds. Right. Um, and so like, in fact, uh, according to this researcher, um, Dr. Marina Kalashnikova, she's a speech and language researcher. We don't just change the sounds of pitches, but we also exaggerate um, facial expressions, the mouth shapes. We make them a lot bigger. Um, we repeat things 
things a bunch of times. Um, the eyebrows change, a lot bigger smiling, um, which helps babies infer the context of the sounds um, and helps also engage them. If they're getting positive stuff from your face, they're gonna engage with your language. Um, so there's like a point to it. Um, but the other interesting thing that I think I, that I came across um, is that there have been several studies, one of the more recent ones done in 2017 by the Princeton Neuroscience Institute. Um, and they did this study um, internationally where they brought in uh, mothers and babies specifically. Um, and they just said like, we're just interested in kind of like learning about how you, how you interact with your baby. Like they didn't really tell them specifically what they were researching. And mm -hmm. they found that internationally, like across the board, all mothers did a lot of the same stuff. They changed their pitches about the same amount. They changed their timbre about the same amount. They did the same kinds of repetitions, the same kind of stretching, um, which suggests that it's a human parenting instinct that we just have. Like, it's not like someone huh. teaches you to do it and you're like, oh, I am now doing pedagogical talking to this baby. Like it's in, <laughs> it's in adult humans, which is super, super interesting. interesting. Right? That's, yeah, that's something I never, I've never really thought about because like what's weird is yeah we talk the same way to dogs are dogs learning that so here's the thing yes no <laughs> so, so, we've been, so we've been talking about IDS infant directed speech there is there have been studies um, done called uh, about DDS, which is dog directed speech. Oh and it's God. the same basic principle. There was a study by Alex Benjamin and Katie Slocomb in the Animal Cognition Journal, which first off exists, um, which is freaking awesome. Um, but second off, uh, they did this study and found that dogs do the same thing. They respond more to humans who are speaking with those exaggerated tones and pitches and volume and vowels, um, facial expressions expressions that all that helps dogs do the same human langu language learning as babies wild so it's yeah. not that we're talking to our babies like they're dogs we're talking to dogs like they're our babies yeah that's so interesting it also uh it also explains why like kids youtubers like all those like garbage prank channels or whatever they all they all talk like over enunciated that way They're like, what is up guys back. smash <laughs> like, that like button like all, all influences are talking to us like we're babies <laughs> they, they just want to make sure that we understand that we understand uh, their enthusiasm we are all their babies really <laughs> we're all jake paul's babies oh no <laughs> um but yeah so babies prefer it dogs prefer it so really it's just us that feel silly isn't that interesting that that is weird so that tells me that neither of us were built with parenting instincts because we we <laughs> talk to children like hello sir how was your day <laughs> it's great it's nice to make your acquaintance <laughs> hot isn't it <laughs> yeah i thought so too i it's it, I made a conscious choice at some point in my life to talk to kids like they were adults because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be patronizing. Right. But there was uh, that same researcher, Dr. Marina Kalashnikova, did say like not every adult does this naturally, and like it does become like a learned skill spending time with infants. Wow. Um, but like, like so, like it is, it tends to be universal. But like, it's it's not everybody necessarily is like on it right away. If that makes sense. So I thought talking to babies like their dogs was terrible when it turns out infant directed speech and dog directed speech, similar concepts, both good things. Caden, tell me about your second thing. 
Um, yeah. So my, my second thing, um, my second thing is golf. It's the sport of golf. <laughs> I, Wait, are uh, we talking golf, golf, like capital G golf? Or are we talking like mini golf? Well, well, you're getting ahead of yourself here. Okay. I'm so sorry. I will let you talk about your thing before I start asking questions. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, but I, I'm talking about capital G um, in the Bible, golf. Um, <laughs> For golf so left the world. Golf. <laughs> yep. <laughs> At first there was nothing and then there was golf. <laughs> <laughs> and it was capital G good. <laughs> and it, no, it sucked. It was capital T terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, T, that was a golf pun. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I peaked I gotta go (laughs) (laughs) yep anyways so golf is just not I don't like golf like (laughs) like I get it like it is the king's game or whatever like Uh, is it the king's game it's the king's game in the way that kings played it because only they had that much fucking land to waste (laughs) that's fair yeah like like yeah it's a king's game because uh but also maybe chess is called the king's game that would make more sense but i don't know anyways um (laughs) i'm looking up what the king's game is (laughs) it's golf it's an anime (laughs) (laughs) Really, the one thing about golf, like your the initial thing about golf that sucks, is that Adam Sandler plays it in that one movie with the Groundhog on the cover, Groundhog Day, where he's Groundhog uh, Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day, where there's a groundhog and is Adam, Sandler Adam Sandler in Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah, and Adam Sandler's fighting the Ground- groundhog. Adam Sandler's not plays. in Groundhog Day. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you know. Are you talking about Caddyshack? <laughs> okay first off hello hi this is uh bartholomus audio engineer for the show uh really happy to be talking directly to the listeners for the first time don't find a lot of opportunities to do this i uh, wish it came at a at a better time you know i had to edit quite a bit of this stretch of audio because it just wouldn't have made for good audio and i felt some kind of personal responsibility to let you know that the the film that they were looking for was uh, happy gilmore uh, Dennis Duggan, 1996, seminal work in the genre, uh, and perhaps uh, Legend of the Business, Bob Barker's Finest Hour. So uh, just didn't feel right letting that question hang for you listeners. So we're going to get right back into the podcast, but uh, you can note that uh, any major corrections needed and I'll be there for you listeners. Anyways, I also don't understand why when you're smacking the dimple balls, that you need to have <laughs> that outfit on. <laughs> Sorry, when you're smacking the dimpled balls with your steel rod. Stop! Kaden, no! Absolutely not! <laughs> what? I'm just describing golf. I, why do you need to wear that? Like, why do you have to have the, the, the shorts that are bad 
and the polo shirt or like khakis like what's like any because sport- the king the king <laughs> wants you to dress that way the king needs me in khakis and a polo apparently and I, <laughs> it, it's it's they're trash fits it looks bad and why would i have to wear that like it's it's a little bit like business casual that escaped from the zoo <laughs> it's like <laughs> testing itself out in the wild and it's like what's that sweater that's doing out here it looks out of place <laughs> right like like that's the thing is like it's combining sports and walking even though they nixed the walking part they nixed the best part of golf that's so true they really did the the best important part in golf is like you're doing a skill-based game with your friends and then in between rounds of the game you get to take this beautiful walk yeah but instead they get in their dumb little cart with their dumb pants and their dumb (laughs) little shirt <laughs> like what what would what should they wear instead? Like I don't I like other sports. I guess other sports have a uniform, but the uniform feels either more tailored to the sport mm-hmm. or more casual. It's incredibly true that golf golf clothing the the what we think of traditionally traditionally as golf clothing is not clothing that looks like it affords for a lot of movement. So no. it doesn't look like clothing that is cut out for a sport. No, it, it looks like what a head basketball coach wears on the sidelines to, show <laughs> to that yell he's at the, the high school kids. Yeah, like, and maybe that's just because all <laughs> basketball head coaches also golf. But like, it's the it, it's that outfit. Yeah. But like, right, the coach isn't playing the sport, so it makes sense. But golf, it's like everyone's a coach. Yeah, it's like you have to the outfit. Also, I just read the words stroke play on the golf wikipedia Uh, please Um, explain it before we move on because i can't live this way a stroke play is just meaning that like you play it with the lowest number of strokes like wins uh, okay stroke play anyways so my original like what i was gonna say about golf was i was gonna be like well how can we make golf better like like obviously it stinks but i was thinking about how we can make it better but i realized when thinking about how to improve golf and we can still talk about this though, but I realize anything we would do to improve golf would just turn it into mini golf, which is a sport that exists <laughs> and that fucking rules. Okay, so I do want you to know that my first thought with how can we improve golf was release wolves onto the course. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you're right, it's mini golf. <laughs> That's essentially mini golf. <laughs> is what you described. <laughs> what are some things that when you were thinking about this, like how could we improve golf that made you go, now that's just mini golf? Well, I was like, first of all, we got to make it smaller. Mini. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's, it's too much space. It's way too much space for one sport. Like, like football stadiums are pretty big, but like they don't, like golf courses are huge. You know, it's way too big. So, okay put golf in the wild okay give the golfers a sheet of riddles <laughs> the holes are hidden beneath tree stumps and rocks and piles of leaves and they must solve the riddles to yeah. both find the hole and find how far they have to stand back to putt okay and then release the wolves <laughs> <laughs> also this whole space is enclosed like I know it's the wild but it's enclosed oh, but and, it's we've, like... and we've made an escape room that you can only escape <laughs> by playing golf. 
<laughs> it's the best of both worlds. It's the best place to go for Father's Day. And what I love about this is that it keeps up the tradition of the king's game because yes, right, it is also a hunt. Right think, think, right. think about what the other king's game is. And, and it's hunting humans for sport. Like that is, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like it's the ultimate hunt. And so this combines sort of that tradition yes. with golf now. Yes, and you, and you must bring your own bugler from home <laughs> to start off the game. Yes. Yeah, no, that, that, that I think, that I think, because if we want to keep the, the fun aspect of big golf, which like you said, is the taking a nice walk with your friends. Mm-hmm then you have to make, make more incentive. You, you got to make it more like a geocache and make it more incentive right. to slow down and walk. Take a nice walk with wolves. <laughs> Walking with wolves. The classic <laughs> 1994 movie. <laughs> Golfing with wolves. <laughs> Rachel, what's, what do you, what do you got? Uh, so I want to talk to you about the concept of bodily maintenance hate that stuff and let me talk I, about, let me the, the 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 real bedrock of this argument as to why bodily maintenance is terrible is like why do we have to think about our bones why can't our bones just be good like like why can't well i didn't i did i i have these bones and, and I've been tasked with their constant upkeep. I have to like, like your whole, remember when you were a kid and everyone was like, you got to drink milk to have strong bones. Like what the fuck? Why, yeah. why aren't they just good by themselves? I, know, I cannot wait for my consciousness to get uploaded to the cloud. Okay. So I can just yes. not maintain it. But like, like our bodies require so much upkeep. Like we have to take vitamins and like we have to like we have to okay this is the thing that uh when I lived with my friend Jacqueline she used to always say um before going to brush her teeth at night she'd be like gotta go brush my bones and it's like, and so like bones. we have to like we have to like clean and like scrape off stuff from them we have to like remove we produce these oils and then seemingly produce them at mass quantities and have to remove said oils from ourselves in, yeah. in order to like keep ourselves healthy right um, like why like, did why did ducks get the water wicking sort of thing why are we not water wicking you like are but poorly but like poorly and like the, you know this is bodily maintenance is of course like a very good chance to practice self-care um to, to view it not as like a task but like as a, as an opportunity to treat yourself with kindness but also like it's so fucking annoying when you have to like shower or floss yeah for sure <laughs> um and so i have a couple questions for you about that um and the yeah. first question where we it's fun because you already kind of touched on it um so we'll get we'll get into it uh, and the first question is if you had the chance to become borg assuming it's socially acceptable would you do it yeah absolutely i would go full borg um <laughs> <laughs> and but but like here's the thing is like uh the sort of resurgence of cyberpunk um with yes. cyberpunk 2077 uh coming out like anytime you talk about that you talk about like well like how can you be human without like the body or whatever and like mm-hmm. I don't really care about any of that because like 
I just want to look sick as hell. And I want to have two big gun arms. (laughs) I want to be like Samus, but they're both guns. Yeah, they're both guns. (laughs) Where Samus went wrong is only having one gun arm. Not enough guns. (laughs) Not enough gun arms. Like, I would just have every part of my body be a big gun. Yes, this is good. Describe your ideal Borg body. So you got two gun arms. Yeah, it's just, it's just gun (laughs) you're actually just a rocket launcher with consciousness (laughs) i'm a sentient pile of guns i'm just like a haphazard stack of guns that picture it the year is 2077 and there's a a tiktok of this family um they've laid out all of these buttons on the floor and next to all those buttons are a pile of guns going help Help. i looked in the mirror (laughs) 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 oh god uh i have one more question for you and it's if you had the chance to become incorporeal assuming that that was socially acceptable we talked about becoming borg but it completely incorporeal would you do it like like just the ghosts or no, like ghosts are even kind of like you could argue that a ghost is semi-corporeal like they have a ghost body so i can't so like i can't interact with anything i just am yeah uh i'm just like <laughs> <be> boring maybe <laughs> But, and like, I guess maybe, maybe incorporeal, but you could choose to occupy a, a body. I, that could, would, if, I could possess is what you're telling me. Yeah, I think that is what I'm saying. Well, that might be good though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you didn't have me and then you reeled me in. <laughs> the light shining in your eyes right now. <laughs> well, well, what, what was could... your immediate attraction to the idea of possessing things i could get shit done okay you know i could you know i could possess important people like i could possess every billionaire and then Mm. give all their money away Mm. and it'd be Mm -hmm. so good (laughs) it would but like do you think that if this is assuming that this is a universe where it's socially acceptable like we established in the premise like (laughs) i imagine that there would have to be some sort of record of you being an incorporeal being so I don't know how much you could get away with. And what, if everyone else is incorporeal, no one, like, I can't possess anyone because we're, no one can interact with anything and we're just <laughs> Unless they're, out, like, I in guess. the body of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> this is the question. It's not, would you rather be incorporeal? It's, would you be a dog if you got the chance? <laughs> um, I don't know that I would be a dog. I would be something cooler. Like, I'm like a fucking ocelot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Capybara. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be something sick as hell. <laughs> sick as hell? It makes you think of Capybara. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining you looking at uh, where Kate and I went to college. There were a bunch of big, big rodents called Nutria that lived around everywhere. I'm just imagining you, they're like beavers, but worse. And I'm imagining you looking at the Nutria being like, that's sick as hell. That's fucking sick as hell. And <laughs> if I needed a body, that would be my body. <laughs> they look like potatoes with teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and rat tails. Yeah, so I would, I would only become incorporeal if I could possess 
okay. things and people. Okay. What about semi-corporeal? Like you originally asked like a ghost. Yeah, that could be fun. I, again, just like I, the thing about that, the reason I would go full Borg is because I can look sick as hell, but like, I can't really look super dope if like I don't have a physical form like I like the idea of uh, I'm so I'm so conflicted though because you still have to manage your robot body and that would be kind of yeah that's true you would still have to even if you became Borg you still would have to do bodily maintenance yeah yeah which defeats your whole point huh it totally does it totally does well what what would you do uh, I think I, if I had the chance to become a ghost and that was socially acceptable, I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably think about it. I'd probably do it. It's kind of fun because you gain, let, like you gain the power of flight, right? Uh, doors no longer apply to you. Yeah. Um, I would imagine in a semi-corporeal reality, I can probably be visible or invisible at will, yeah. which is good. It, it's like the, the real life equivalent of never having your webcam on on Zoom. Like that would be kind of fun. I'd always be yeah. around. So people would know, but they wouldn't know where. I would haunt the shit out of Mark Zuckerberg. That would be fun. We could do yeah. that. Yeah. I we would could do that. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely like, I'll say it. I would gaslight Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It needs yeah. to be done. And like, just put like, you know, mayonnaise in his socks and just like, really just prank Mark Zuckerberg. That is such a specific prank. Yeah, I just feel like Mark Zuckerberg needs some mayonnaise in his socks. And (laughs) that's just kind of what he deserves. So what you're saying is we give up our bodies to increase the amount of bodily maintenance Mark Zuckerberg has to do. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, That's a, that is all I've got. On for mascot madness it's a segment where we talk about mascots for a while oh what i want to talk about um and this one we we had we had this one sent in actually uh by clay smith Thank you, Clay Smith, friend of the show. I've always wanted to say that someone is a friend of the show, and now I get to do that. So thanks, yeah, Clay, for thank letting you, me Clay. do that. Um, um, but Clay, Clay brought to our attention the uh, the Duracell bunny, mm. not the Energizer bunny, but the Duracell bunny. Mm. Um, and boy, is there some there's some interesting stuff about the Duracell bunny because the Duracell bunny came first before (laughs) the energizer bunny yeah um so so energizer created their bunny as a parody of the duracell bunny uh the duracell bunny looks like the energizer bunny except uh not as cool like i was gonna say it's worse somehow like they're both pink bunnies but the duracell bunny it has that big red nose that like harkens back a little to the mcdonald's freak show in a way that i don't love also, yeah. the, the Energizer Bunny got them cool glasses. Yeah, Energizer sort of took the Duracell Bunny and then was like, how can we Mac tonight this bunny? <laughs> and they put it in like a cool jacket with the glasses. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, anyways, so yeah, Duracell originally had uh, their their bunny and then Energizer, they sort of discontinued their bunny a little bit. So Energizer was like, well, we're going to make a bunny then. 
Uh, and then Duracell was like, yo, what? <laughs> you just straight up stole our thing. And Energizer was like, oopsies. And then so they sued each other back and forth for a long time. Um, and then eventually it was decided that, and this, I, I didn't, oh, well, I didn't know any of this, but this was really surprising yeah. to me that the Duracell bunny uh, is used in other countries. So the Energizer bunny can only be used in the United States, Really, but the Duracell bunny can be used like everywhere else. So like there are actually commercials like from like, not super recently, but like the 2010s, uh, in like the UK where the Duracell bunny is, is in those ads. Uh, so the other fun fact about the Duracell bunny is that in canon the duracell bunnies are a species Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not just one and the most terrifying thing to me about this about them being a species is that there's a commercial like from 2009 i think uh that was in the uk um where they appear to have the ability to school in the same way that fish do because they the in the commercial all of the bunnies make up all of these different like shapes and objects what? and things and like the whole commercial is all these bunnies like coming together like to create these like other creatures what? which is a terrifying concept oh my god they're like a hive bun- mind they, yeah they can like <laughs> like in finding nemo how like all those fish make that one big talking fish like these bunnies could make a big talking bunny out of all of the little bunnies it's they're just either- very scary they're either a hive mind or they're just a marching band, <laughs> which is like also what's the difference? Um, I feel like the difference is aggression. <laughs> I feel marching like the band is just here for vibes. Yeah. The hive mind is here to take control. <laughs> right. Oh, there is one more thing I wanted to say about the Duracell buggy, uh, yeah. which is that Duracell's website, or is it Duracell's website or is it someone else's website? It's a website. It's a web archive um, that kind of talks about the history of the Duracell bunny. Um, And it has some fun facts about the Duracell bunny that I want to share with you. Yeah. Um, which is that uh, from 1973 to 1980, the Duracell Bunny started a toy campaign, which was later rolled out around the world. Um, throughout his successful career, which they say like he is a person who exists, uh-huh. the Duracell Bunny has embarked on numerous sports and cultural activities. He excels on drums, which he has been practicing since 1973. <laughs> <laughs> Energizer Bunny has only been playing the drums for like 10 years. Yeah, Energizer Bunny could never. um with unparalleled endurance the bunny is a natural at skiing kayaking boxing football and marathons he always performs at the top like i love that it's like they feel the need to protect the athletic integrity of this fictional bunny but i just love that like he started playing the drums way before that poser ever picked up a mallet yeah and they're like and the duracell bunny is really hot too (laughs) the hottest bunny ever have you noticed the duracell bunny has 13 girlfriends how many girlfriends do you have energizer bunny (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah what what's what's the energizer bunny's max bench press because the duracell (laughs) the duracell bunny he bench presses 1000 pounds the duracell hive mind bench press a building (laughs) straight up lifted up the empire state building from the ground (laughs) 
<laughs> oh god yeah so so that that's the duracell bunny and so in in the hunt for duracell bunny <laughs> the hunt for duracell bunny um there's also the other duracell yeah. uh ads which maybe do you want to talk about those because I, yeah. I knew you looked into those we need to talk about the puttermans yes um so the yeah the puttermans are a 1990s horror story <laughs> from duracell in which they wrapped actors in the most like uncanny valley rubber prosthetics from head to toe to make them look like dolls Mm -hmm. um and these dolls each had a big ass duracell battery in their back and all of the commercials their whole premise is like they they run on they they live in a world that is entirely battery operated doll people um and it's also it's also like (laughs) 1950s white suburbia (laughs) um and they they all of their you know neighbors and friends and what whatnot they're using you know other batteries and so halfway through every commercial it is guaranteed that one of these anthropomorphic dolls is gonna kick the bucket um and they're just just gonna stand there look at their husk of a body and be like should have had a better battery um or yeah. like at one point like there's one where they're having a family barbecue and there's like an ant like an aunt an ant not like an insect um but like you. a family member who's like talking and talking and talking she's talking so much and everyone's so annoyed and then all of a sudden she like keels over face down into the dish she's eating and the wife looks at the husband and she's like did you replace her Duracell battery with an other battery? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like he just straight up commits yeah. fucking murder. Mr. Putterman did a murder. <laughs> he did a crime. And they all thought it was funny. <laughs> um, yeah. If you've, if you can, I wish that we had the capacity to play one of these ads right now. Um, cause they, they're shocking. Cause the, I watched the behind the scenes of the prosthetics. It took them hours to put these, these people in these prosthetics. <laughs> like one of the makeup artists, it's, it, and maybe this was really, really cool in the nineties. It's not uncool now necessarily, but it is horrifying. Um, but like as a special effect, like I get it, it's interesting, but like one of the artists is standing there and he's like, no one's ever done anything like this in the commercial. This is like, we're the first ever doing this. It's like, <laughs> I get that you're proud of your work. It is also a Duracell commercial. <laughs> so like that only extends so far. Yeah. He's like, I'm the first one to make a, a horror commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, much like, much like McDonald's, uh, Duracell chose fear. Absolutely, they chose fear. Yeah, um, and the there the it's really interesting. The facial expressions, the mouths, the eyes, the eyebrows of the Puttermans like move with the actors, which I really don't know how they accomplished, which is yeah. cool. Um, but they're. I'm glad that they are no longer in use because they're so scary. Um, the the main commercial that I wanted to talk about with the Puttermans is, is the one where the Puttermans' daughter, I guess, is yes. on a date yes. with. Uh, they're on the porch with uh, some other <laughs> doll man. Yes, um, and she, I think she maybe <laughs> says something like, "I wish this could last all night," and then the there's a lot of noises like that are essentially like awooga. Yeah. Like it's pretty much it's like it's like the night it's like the 90s Duracell commercial equivalent of Quagmire from Family Guy saying giggity. Mm-hmm. Like oh, essentially God. that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like just such like 
potent innuendo and it's just like kind of a wild like marketing strategy (laughs) absolutely i i can't imagine like he like he like looks at his back to check that he's got a duracell battery and he looks at the stair cell to make sure the stair cell the stereo to make sure that it has duracell batteries i just think that the stance of get the right batteries so your romantic evening can last all night is such a hot take for the (laughs) 90s yeah they were like so other people are doing like the the sex cells thing how do we make batteries sexy though (laughs) we gotta gotta make those batteries a big turn on Oh my God. Um, you can find all of the Putterman ads on YouTube because everyone is still trying to relive them in a way that makes them make sense. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely recommend checking those out because they are shocking. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's that's all I have. Do you, do you have anything else? No, that's all I've got too. All right. Well, this has been terrible. It's been terrible. And it's such a, it's such a beautiful day on, I think we should go play some golf. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Only if there's wolves. (laughs) Only if there's wolves. Um, (laughs) I think we should go get chased by wolves. We're the wolves chasing you of podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) You can never escape. (laughs) 300 years from now, I hope there's a web archive about this podcast that's like hey we're the first people to invent being chased by wolves as a competitive sport. we're definitely not the first you being know? chased by wolves as a competitive sport <laughs> i'm sure someone's thought of it um i'd love to talk to them can we get that person on hey. <laughs> yeah if uh if you know the person that invented getting chased by wolves as a competitive sport or if you are that person uh please email us at the terrible pod at gmail.com uh let us know <laughs> we'd love yeah. to have you on the podcast if you're not that person also feel free to send us uh any any kind of quips you want uh things you want us to talk about on the show we'd love to hear from you yeah that was a great segue because yeah we have an email um so yeah you can you can send us uh things that you want us to talk about just keep it like kind of brief like a few sentences uh keep it like kind of lighthearted, those sort of things but we would be happy to to read your things talk about them on the podcast mm-hmm. um we also have an instagram account now mm-hmm. uh it's at our podcast is terrible um all of those words are spelled how you would expect them to be spelled um <laughs> <laughs> what if they weren't <laughs> uh well you know just in case <laughs> um but yeah so so if, if you want to do that um and yeah, I also just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's listened to the podcast so far. Uh, a lot of people like sent us nice messages and stuff. Um, and that was really great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It, it meant a lot to us. We were excited that you were excited. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the second episode has lived up to your uh, grand expectations. Oh God, don't say that. What if it hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell us if it has or hasn't. I don't want to know. Uh, and if it hasn't lived up to your expectations, <laughs> just email us at theterriblepod at gmail.com. Uh, tell us how much you hated it. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Boy, that is something that we should not say. <laughs> please harass us <laughs> uh nah but you know um keep it civil <laughs> keep it wavy, <laughs> keep it wavy. <laughs> hang loose um you know hang the vibes <laughs> oh god <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> so yeah, this has been terrible. Thanks this for is, listening. This ending has been especially terrible for me. Thank you.